22-year-old man stops a mass shooting, major adverse effects now attributed to COVID vaccine, and Biden says he has cancer. I'm your host, Zach, and this is Zach's Fact Show. Hello and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack. I'm your host, Zach. I have so many things to talk to you about today. But before we get going, I had to let you know because of you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you right now. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're at your desk. Maybe you're on the couch. Maybe you're in bed. I don't know. Maybe you're sitting on the toilet. I don't know what you're doing, but I need you to know how grateful I am right now for what you have done. Because of you sharing this podcast, letting people know, telling your friends and your family about this podcast, we have seen the single highest number of listeners ever for the podcast. Right now, this past week, we have had a 33% increase in weekly traffic over our previous high. And for the month, we've had a 51% increase in traffic from our previous high. So guys, it is completely and totally your fault. You have absolutely killed this. Letting people know about this podcast, telling them what you're finding, what you're learning, what you're hearing, and it means the world to me. And I want to thank you so much for that. Let's not stop there, guys. Let's keep this let's keep this going. Remember to tell your friends and your family to go to zacksfactcheck.com. That's where you can find the latest episodes. That's where you can find a link to your favorite podcast player. While you're there, when you go to your podcast player, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure that you leave a review. I would love to, if you're loving the show, I would love to hear that I have you have given me a five-star review, that you have given a good review, a good rating for me, whether that's on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, I would love to have you put out a great review of this show. The website is also where you're able to talk to me. You can reach out to me with comments and concerns. You can reach out to me on Twitter at ZachsFactShack on Twitter. You can reach out to me in so many different ways. I can't tell you enough how much I enjoy getting to hear from you guys. I meet you in person. I get messages from you online. I love it. I love getting to hear from you guys. It means the world to me, and I wanted to thank you for that. Now, let's get in to the meat of our show. So, over the weekend, there was a attempted shooting in Indiana. I say attempted because within 15 seconds of the incident taking place, there was a good Samaritan that stopped the shooting. That's right. I said a good Samaritan stopped the shooting. I want, I want, let me read to you from the Indy Star what they said took place. Greenwood leaders have used several titles to describe Elisha Dickon, the 22-year-old Indiana man who intervened in a mass shooting at the Greenwood Park Mall on Sunday night. A hero a good Samaritan even. Gun rights advocates have yet another, a good guy with a gun. I am a grateful, good, I'm grateful a good guy with a gun was there to prevent further casualties 
And I'm praying for the families who lost loved ones in this senseless tragedy. That was U.S. Representative Jim Banks, a Republican who represents Fort Wayne and the northeast parts of the state, in a tweet Sunday night. As happens with just about every mass shooting these days, of which there are plenty, including what appeared to be two in the Indianapolis area on Sunday, Americans were quickly, quick to respond to the news, depending on their views about guns. Even when details about the mass shooting at Greenwood Park Mall were sparse, the moment served as a rallying cry for politicians and advocates who argue that law-abiding citizens with guns are an antidote to America's spate of mass shootings. They have long pointed to incidents where armed bystanders stepped in to stop active shooters, such as when volunteer security guards ended mass shootings at churches in Colorado in 2007 and in Texas in 2019, or when a psychiatrist successfully defended himself and others in a Philadelphia hospital in 2014 by shooting and demobilizing the gunmen. Guys, this is a huge deal. The last time I talked about a mass shooting, was nothing but sad news. Nothing but heartache and pain. Nothing to look at with thankfulness. This time, there's something to be thankful for. A young man stepped up and stopped this tragedy from being worse. In the first 15 seconds of the incident, he stood up and fired 10 rounds, of which eight hit the gun, the, uh, the alleged gunman. Now, I don't know if you know much about guns. I myself know some. But what I do know is that to have an 80% accuracy with a handgun is incredibly impressive, especially in a moment like that whenever you are terrified, your adrenaline's pumping, your hands are shaking. They're sweaty at your gun is slipping in your hands. All of that is fighting against your accuracy. And he only missed twice in that time. That's pretty impressive. And to know that this could have been far, far worse. This could have been more like the Uvalde shooting where we've now found that 376 officers were present on that scene at that elementary school and did nothing. This man, by himself, with only a gun, he was outgunned by the perpetrator, and he ended that fight. The Uvalde police, however, had an army of officers, both local and federal and state, all with body armor, high-powered rifles, handguns, shields, the whole nine yards. And they actually did more to stop people trying to save their children than they did to help the children be saved. At least one father who was trying to get into the, the elementary school to save his child was tased and arrested for attempting it. I had a friend who was very upset with the rest of the parents and said that it was cowardice that they stood outside and waited. Now we understand maybe a little bit more about why 
they were outside. It's not because they were trying to stay outside or they were afraid to go in. It's that they were actively being held back by an army of cowards who call themselves police officers. Now, this story, this story here did not end with that tragedy. This story ended with a reminding to people that a good guy with a gun will stop a bad guy. In the fact, the more good guys you have with guns, the better. I know that there's a lot of opinions on both sides of this. Many people want just, they just want all semi-automatics to be gone. They just want to get rid of them. That's not going to do anything except take away the rights of people to defend themselves. Again, every law that you are trying to pass with gun control will only be abided by by the already law-abiding citizen. The The criminal who has the gun now is not going to give it back. The person who legally owns a firearm who is turned into a criminal might give back the firearm, but all they've done there is lose their right to defend themselves. This here shows that a good guy with a gun can stop a tragedy. Because sometimes you can't wait for the cops. Or you might sit there for 76 minutes. As you, as a child, watch as your classmates bleed to death. Because the officers will not risk their own life to save yours. That that still infuriates me to know that these officers stood outside the school in Uvalde and twiddled their thumbs. One person was actually even uh, putting hand sanitizer on in some of the shots. I know one officer was made fun of online when it was revealed he was looking at his phone which had a the Punisher's logo on the home screen. The sad truth that I uh, I seem to has come out since then and if I'm incorrect that you know please let me know but this is this is the best information I could find about it. It seems as though the officer who had that was looking at his phone at that moment because his wife was texting him saying she was dying. I don't know for 100% that that is what, what happened. I do know that when people get online and they, they are attacking the cops with good reason in many cases, there are still some people who were, who were victims in that scenario. But it has long been understood that the defense of I was just doing my job or I was just following orders, that defense can't stand. We didn't allow it to stand for the Nazis. 
when they said, when questioned, why did you kill 6 million Jews? They simply responded, we were following orders. That doesn't hold up then and it doesn't hold up now. When you allow evil to take place, it doesn't matter whether you are following orders or not. Thankfully, in this scenario, in Indiana, they didn't have to wait for the cops. A good guy with a gun stopped the problem. The New York Times also gets into this. Let me, let me read to you what they say. A 20-year-old man carrying a rifle and pistol with access to another rifle and more than 100 rounds of ammunition was killed by a bystander. They say two minutes. We have now learned that it is, was 15 seconds after he began spraying gunfire at diners inside a mall food court in Greenwood, Indiana. By that time, the gunman identified by the police as Jonathan Douglas uh, Sapirman, 20, had already killed three people and injured two others. But the deadly spree on Sunday was cut short by a two, 22-year-old bystander carrying a handgun while shopping with his girlfriend. Chief Jim Eisen of the Greenwood Police Department called the bystander's actions nothing short of heroic, identifying him as Elisha Dickon of Seymour, Indiana. He engaged the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun, was very proficient in that, very tactically sound, and as he moved to close in on the suspect, he also was also motioning for people to exit behind him. Chief Eisen said as a new, at a news conference where he described the surveillance video footage of the shooting. The Johnson County coroner identified the victims who were all from Indianapolis as Victor Gomez, 30, and a, and a husband and wife, Pedro Panetta, 56, and Rosa Mariana, I'm sorry, Rosa Miriam Rivera de Panetta, 37. I apologize for the butchering of those names. Two additional people were injured, a 22-year-old woman hospitalized with a leg wound and a 12-year-old girl struck by a bullet fragment. I, I, I want to go back. I, I do apologize for messing up those names. I, I do not speak Spanish. I do not have the accent to be, to be able to represent those names well enough. I do apologize. Um, I, I do not intend to mess those names up. It just, that is a limited limitation of my abilities. Let's continue with the, with the article. All the victims were shot by Mr. Sapirman who fired 24 rounds, Chief Eisen said. Mr. Dickin fired 10 rounds, killing the gunman as he tried to retreat to a mall bathroom where he had spent an hour apparently preparing for the attack. The chief said there was no clear motive for the shooting. There was no indicators the gunman was violent or unstable. His family members were told the police, but he had recently received an eviction notice and re resigned from a warehouse position in May. Chief Eisen said the gunman had previous encounters with the local police, including for a fight at school. Over the past two years, the relatives told the the relatives told the police the gunman had frequently practiced shooting at a range in Greenwood, which is roughly 15 miles south of Indianapolis. Mr. Shapiroman brought three weapons into the Greenwood Park Mall. The police said the gun he used in the shooting, a Sig Sauer M400 rifle, was brought was bought in March 2022, an M&P15 rifle that was found in the mall bathroom and bought. In March 2021, and a Glock 33 pistol discovered on his body. The rifles were legally purchased in Greenwood, the police said. When the gunman entered the mall just before 5 p.m., Chief Eisen said he walked directly to the food court's bathroom, spending about an hour inside before exiting and taking aim at dozens of people eating dinner. Two minutes later, again, 15 seconds later, Mr. Dick, Mr. Dickon fatally shot the gunman. 
When the police arrived, they handcuffed Mr. Dickon and took him to a station for questioning, where security camera footage confirmed his description of the events. Chief Eisen said that the police could not determine whether Mr. Dickon had a gun permit, but that he was carrying his Glock 9mm handgun legally under the state's constitutional carry law. This young man, Greenwood's good Samaritan, acted within seconds, stopping the shooter and saving countless lives, Mayor Mark Myers said on Monday. Police officers served a search warrant on Sunday night at a Greenwood apartment where the gunman lived by himself, discovering a laptop and a can of butane instead are inside the, the oven, which had been left on at a high temperature. The laptop had been damaged by the heat but would be analyzed, but would be analyzed the chief said. The police are also trying to retrieve data from a waterlogged cell phone that they believe the gunman placed in a toilet in the mall bathroom. Greenwood, a city of about 63,000 people, had been shaken by the shooting. I don't want to be among I don't want to be among the mayors that has to share these statements, but sadly I am, and Mr. Myers said, I grieve for these senseless killings and I ache for the scars that are left behind on the victims and on our community. Hours after shooting at the mall, four people were shot, one of them fatally in an unrelated vigil in a park in Beach Grove, nine miles north of Greenwood. So, that's what we know. We know that not only was he proficient with his firearm, he was proficient at a great distance and stepped in to save the lives of possibly hundreds of people. That is what a good guy with a gun can do. I know that a lot of people would like to ignore that reality. They want to just remove the ability for people to defend themselves from tyranny, from violence. You're not going to find me on that side of the argument. You're not. Not everybody agrees with me, and I understand that. It is, a, it is still a free country, and you are allowed to disagree. I do believe that I have very good reasons for my beliefs. And if you would like to discuss those and why you believe I am wrong, you are more than welcome to do it. But in today's story, I'm going to be thankful that a good man with a gun stepped up and acted like a man and saved countless lives. Now, the next thing I wanted to discuss is the fact that a new peer-reviewed study has come out that says that the effects of COVID-19 vaccines, it's titled Adverse Effects of COVID-19 Vaccines and Measures to Prevent Them. One of the things that this vaccine apparently is doing to people is it decreases their immunity compared to those who have not had the vaccine. So what they're finding with this is that the COVID people with COVID vaccine and then boosters are finding that they have been, that their immune system is not as strong as those who have not taken the vaccine. You can think of this some along the lines of what HIV or AIDS does to someone's immunity or their immune system. In this case, it doesn't seem like it's fully shutting down the immune system, but it is, it is weakening that immune system. This means that they are recommending in this that people with immunosuppression or with other conditions should avoid the COVID-19 vaccine as a major risk 
for infections in critically ill patients. I know many people that were forced to take this vaccine over their own concerns and worries. They were concerned that it had not been tested well enough, that there were issues that we didn't know about, and that they were being forced to inject into their body a thing that they did not know whether it was safe or not. On the other side of the argument, you have the people who were saying that you're saving lives. I know many people have lost loved ones to COVID-19. I understand that it is a disease that ravages the body of its victims. I understand that for some people, they don't even know that they have the, the disease. This is an incredibly unpredictable virus, so it seems. For some, it is just the common cold and you have the sniffles. For others, it's a life-threatening illness. But what we are finding is that the COVID vaccine seems to have far more side effects and adverse effects than benefits for most people. I'll tell you what, how I ended up deciding what I needed to do. So I do not live in a state where there is a mandate. I do not work at a business where there is a mandate to have the vaccine. I, I had determined that I would take the vaccine when it was available, but I became ill with the virus prior to that. It was a very mild sickness. I had a fever. I lost taste and smell, of which it is still not correct, but I lost taste and smell, had a fever, and was tired. But outside of that, I did not really have much of a symptom list. Once I became well and was better and had no problems, I determined that two things. One, because I had had the disease, I had the antibodies, and was immune for at least a period. And so I did not need the vaccine. Two, I also knew that I, the disease, that I reacted to the disease with a mild illness, meaning that I also likely did not need the vaccine because it was going to be mild for me if I ended up getting it again. Now we know that, uh, Natural immunity can last up to two, maybe even three years. Um, so with that, I still have, do, have no intentions to get the vaccine. But I also am of the opinion that if you weigh the cost, you know, the cost-benefit analysis, and you say, hey, this benefits me more than it costs me, then by all means, get the vaccine. Absolutely, that's your choice. You do that. I weighed the cost and the benefit, and I determined that it was not in my best. It was not for my best to take the vaccine. Now it seems as though I was more right than I realized, as it seems as though there is now evidence that the vaccine itself absolutely does affect your immune system, and it does it in a negative way. It kills or it lowers your ability to fight infections. 
Now, I could not tell you how it does that. It is in, um, it is in this uh, peer-reviewed article. I do not have the intelligence to read that article to you. I will leave the link in the uh, description for you to be able to follow if you'd like to read it. It is there. What I do know is that it suppresses your ability to fight infection. And so not only do you get the actual, not only do you get COVID-19 more readily, you get every other illness more readily. And I personally, anecdotally, can say that the people I know that who have been vaccinated and boosted have all gotten sick with so many different things that they normally don't get sick with. They constantly have colds. They've gotten the flu. They've gotten COVID multiple times, all of them. So if that's the, if this is true, and it seems like it would be, because, again, you cannot take anecdotal evidence and try to point it and say, well, see, that's what's happening because of this. Like, that, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that the anecdotal evidence seems to line up with this peer-reviewed study. That's whenever you have a little bit more to go on. That's whenever you can say, hey, there might be something here. That's all I'm saying. I'm bringing this to you so that you know what I'm reading. We have great science and great medicine in our country. And I think it's time that we stop ignoring that science and medicine in favor of a political agenda on both sides. If there is political information or if there is scientific information that we can follow, we should do that. If there's not, then we should take our best judgment the best we can and proceed forward with that. What it seems to me is that the, the scientific evidence is coming forward and saying that this vaccine is dangerous for the vast majority of people. It is not worth the risk of what it can do. It does no, it no longer stops transmission. It no longer stops infection. It no longer, um, it seems to no longer decrease your likelihood of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Now, these are things that I'm not going to sit here and tell you are 100% accurate. These are things that I've noticed. I do know that in England they are they are struggling right now because of the, of the fact that the vast majority of the deaths of COVID are from are in, are those who are vaccinated, not unvaccinated, which is something that nobody realized could be a thing. We know that the German health ministry has just admitted that there are major negative effects from the vaccine. That's all I'm telling you. I want you to take this information and I want you to read it. I want you to figure it out and you determine. I am not going to sit here and tell you how you should think, how you should act, what you should do. That's not what I'm here for. That's not my goal. My goal is for you to be educated, for you to make your decisions, for you to determine what you need to do, and that's it. That's all I'm doing. If you think that this is crazy and that I'm wrong, that is more power to you. I will not stop you. But I wanted you to know what I was finding. All right. Now for the last news story today. Biden seems to have done had another uh, gaffe. I think that's how you say the word. 
I've never really heard anybody say it. I've just read it. G-A-F-F-E. I think it's Gaff, Goff. I'm going with Gaff. Biden says that he has cancer. Let me, let me play the clip for you. And because it was a four-lane highway that was accessible, my mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. So that was the recording of Trump, talk, or not Trump, of Biden saying that he has, not had, but has cancer. This sent the this sent the Twitter Twitter sphere into absolute pandemonium. Everyone's trying to figure out: Does he have cancer? Is that how they're getting rid of him? Because you know most people do not want Biden to run again, so they're looking for ways to get rid of him. So people are like, "Well, is this how they're going to get rid of him? They're going to say he has cancer and can't run? Like, what, what is happening? What's going on?" The White House came out a few hours later. It didn't did take them a little while to get this together. They came out a few hours later. And they came up with a different explanation of, for what he was saying. This is from the New York Post. Let me read it. President Biden said Wednesday that he has cancer, forcing the White House press office to quickly clarify that he was referring to skin cancer treatment that he had before taking office last year. The remark initially appeared to be a stunningly casual health announcement during a speech about global warming in which the president described emissions from oil refineries near his childhood home in Claymont, Delaware. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer and why for the longest time Delaware had the highest rate of cancer in the nation, Biden said. White House spokesman Andrew Bates referred the post to a tweet from Washington Post columnist Glenn Kessler who noted that Biden had, quote, non-melanoma skin cancers removed before he took office. It is unclear why Biden chose to use the present verb tense to describe his experience with cancer. Quote, he said, I, ne- I have cancer in the present tense. You absolute. Let me read this to you. Let me read this again. I'm sorry. He said, I have cancer in the present tense. You absolute blank. Greg Price of X Strategies tweeted in response to Kessler. Anarchist author Michael Malice, meanwhile, joked, don't worry about Joe Biden having cancer. He is married to a doctor, referring to the fact that the first lady, Jill Biden, uses the honorific doctor to note her 2007 doctorate in education. Skin cancer is extremely common, especially among older adults who didn't wear sunscreen in their youth and generally isn't life-threatening. All right, let's break this down for a few minutes. And before we go any further, one, I understand why you kind of, why they joked with Dr. Jill Biden, because for a while during the COVID pandemic, people would appeal to her doctor title as though it was a medical doctor title. It's not. It is a doctorate of education, not of medical degree. So I understand the joke there. I do think it's a little ad hominem, but that's that's Twitter. What do you expect? 
What we know is that they are saying that he does not have cancer now, but he did have cancer, which we did know. He had um, skin cancer tags that, that were removed. Uh, those skin cancer spots, they were removed. I know my grandfather has many of those removed every year. They just pop up and grow up, and you just cut them off. They're annoying, but thankfully not usually life-threatening. If they're left alone, they can become life-threatening, but in this case, it does seem like they have they, they, they weren't. We do not know if he currently has cancer, I guess, uh, but it does seem to be that they the White House is saying he doesn't. So for now... We will take them at their word and just say that he does not have cancer. Now, I don't know what they're going to do to get him to not run for for president in 2024. I personally am of the opinion that we probably need to put an age limit. Let's get the Democrats and the Republicans just to agree. If we can't get it on law, I would like it in law. But let's just have them agree and say, hey, we're not going to put anybody up for president who's older than 70. How about that? Let's just do that and walk away. I would be totally happy with that because I genuinely do not want to see Biden run again. Uh, And the vast majority of Americans do not want to see that either. I'm going to make some people very mad here. I don't want to see Trump run again. I just don't. I will say this, that whenever he ran the first time, I did not support him. I... I did not think he would govern very conservatively. I was wrong in that. Thankfully, he did govern very conservatively. Outside of a few policy choices that I wished he had not done, he did do a good job. I will not take that away from him. But what I will say is this. I can handle the tweets. In fact, I ignored them. I can handle the stupid statements. Most of the time, I ignored them. But at some point, you got to take a hint, dude. You got to take a hint. You don't have to be an absolute jack wagon to get things done. Look at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is absolutely killing it. And outside of one policy that I know of that I thought was wrong, he has done an incredible job in Florida. You can look to the economy there. You can look to his popularity in, in, in Florida, he is absolutely killing it. There, There is no, I cannot see a scenario where Ron DeSantis does not win re-election in Florida in, in this year's election. I just, I don't. He is way too popular for that to happen, in my opinion. I would much rather see Ron DeSantis run for the Republicans because I think that he has the grit to fight like Trump, but he doesn't, he's not as off-putting as Trump. Now, I know that many people say, well, that's Trump's strength. He's like, is it though? I mean, is it, is it really the strength? Cause I, I don't, I don't think that's what that, I don't think that's what that word means. You may be using it like that, but I don't, I don't think that's what it means. Strength generally means that it's your best trait. That's the most good. I mean, yeah, it did good, I guess. He got a lot of stuff done. But more often than not, the stuff that he got done was done because he sat down and talked with people. Not because he called them ugly on Twitter. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, you are welcome to tell me that. Maybe I'm wrong. 
I would just prefer not to see Trump run again. I just don't know that I had the stomach for it. Uh, I will say this, that I will, vo- I will likely vote to support whoever is not Biden. Um, because this has just been an absolute nightmare of an economy. It just has. In fact, even the latest Quinnipiac poll came out and has Biden, I think it's 31% approval overall. He now has a lower approval rating among Hispanics than he does among white men, which is just white men have been his heart, his lowest support. That's those are the guys who, those are the ones who normally go straight to Trump, right? They're the, they're the Trump Trump's just, that is his demographic. And Biden is polling lower among Hispanics, which have traditionally been a Democratic vote. He is polling lower among, in support there than he is among white men. That, to me, is a dangerous sign for Biden. And this is from Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac, you can almost always add eight points to, to Republicans, and that's probably about where it is. In fact, right now, they have... I think they're tied 45-45 for uh, Republicans versus Democrats in the generic poll, which means you can probably just add eight points to the Republicans there. If that would be the case, if Republicans had that large of a lead in the actual vote that that comes in in November, that's going to be one shellacking of a red wave. That's just, that's going to be rough. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that's what's going to happen because anything can happen between now and then. People are weird. We change our minds left and right. We, we're just, we're unpredictable things. But it doesn't look good for Biden at the moment. That's all I'm going to say. It doesn't look good for Biden at the moment. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can get him out of office and hopefully turn things around because right now, I don't care what party you're in. This is not pretty, period. Whether you're a left, right, center, upside down, or crazy. Oh, maybe you're crazy. You might think it's a good idea, but it's not a good economy right now. People will say, well, we have tons of jobs being added. Yeah, but I think it's because most people are doing two or three jobs because they can't afford the uh, artificial tax increase of that is inflation. Maybe that's why they have so many jobs being added. I don't know. But what I do know is most people are starting to have to make decisions. They're starting to have to choose. Do I do this or do I do that? Because I cannot afford to do both. Do I make this payment or do I feed my kids? Do I buy gasoline, which is, I will say is lower over the past month than it was before, but I cannot credit Biden for that because I was reliably told that it wasn't his fault that it was going up. It was Putin's. So it must not be his fault that it's going down. It must also be Putin's. That is what I was told. I was reliably informed that Putin was the one in charge of the oil prices and therefore the gas prices and it wasn't Biden's fault. So I'm sorry if you're not going to take the loss on the, uh, uh, on the increase in gas, you can't take the win on the decrease in gas prices. And it's, 
I, I, let me, before, before we go, anymore, I got to tell you, I saw the White House tweeted out a map of the United States, and it simply said, "This is a list of this is a map of states, and it had them colored in of states with at least one gas station." Right, these are states with one, at least one gas station selling gas for less than three ninety nine. All right, one gas station selling for less than three ninety nine. They were celebrating that. Not that the average was three ninety nine. Not that that's what that wasn't the the the, the argument. Which means if the average is three ninety nine, that means that it, that half of the gas prices are lower than that. That wasn't the big celebration that they had. That wasn't the thing that they were rejoicing about. That was secondary to the fact that they wanted you to know that just one gas station, one gas station had hit 399 in all of these states. Maybe more, but just one was all they needed. Guys, I don't know about you, but where I live in I would say a five mile radius. I could rattle off to you probably 20 different gas stations. 20. I don't think it matters what one, that one gas station in that 20 mile, in that five mile radius was at 399. I probably wouldn't even know it was there. Probably wouldn't even find it. And they want me to celebrate that it, that one gas station in an entire state has three ninety nine three ninety nine gas. They want me to celebrate that. I'm sorry, I I just can't get behind that, guys. I can't. I think that this has been an absolute disaster of a presidency. I think that if you go back and look at Biden, even, uh, Biden even when he was inaugurated to now the cognitive decline that he is showing is so great. It's ridiculous. The the drugs that they had to be pumping into his body. How can this not be elder abuse at this point? At some point, somebody has to stand up to protect Biden from these people because he simply is not there enough to do this. I like, I think Michael Knowles says that, or it might be Ben Shapiro, one of those two. I mean, you know, they're, they're best friends. If you ever listen to their podcast, but one of them said, made the statement that Biden has to be the happiest man in the world because he's woken up every morning and reminded that he's president by somebody because he can't remember. He doesn't remember anything that's going on. He's reminded, you are the president of the United States. You are however old, I think 76, 78, somewhere in that time frame, that you are ancient as, the, as old as Methuselah. You're the president of the United States. And we're going to give you these drugs so that you don't fall asleep in the middle of a uh, teleprompter speech. That's what they have to tell him every morning when he gets up. It's not, they don't, they don't tell him the uh, presidential briefing of all of the scary news that happened overnight. No, they don't tell him that. They just tell him, hey, breathe. Because I don't think he remembers to do that. I, I, I genuinely wonder if he remembers to breathe. I know that this you're going to be like, well, that's ad hominem. I, 
at this point, I think it's stating the obvious. I don't think it's attacking him. I think it's stating the obvious. Somebody has to stand up for Biden. Somebody's got to protect him from these people who are just pure maniacs who think that this is a good idea. I don't know who thought it was a good idea, but they need to stop. That's They need to stop. Let the man go to bed. Let him retire. That's what we need to do with him. All right, guys, that was the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. But then again, I just enjoy talking, so it doesn't take much to, for me to enjoy these episodes. But I'm glad you stuck around to the end. I can't wait for the next episode. It'll be out on Tuesday. You're going to love it. It's going to be great because it's always great, wouldn't you say? And if you do say that, you should go. And don't forget, you should go and do give me a review, five-star rating on your favorite podcast player. Share with your friends. Let them know what you're, what you're getting uh, to enjoy here because you guys, you guys are awesome. And I love getting to do this. And you are helping me to keep doing this. So keep listening, keep sharing, let your friends know about this. But that's the end of this show, guys. I'm your host, Zach, and this is Zach Swack Shack. We'll see you next time. Bye.